The following is another dynamic message by Ryan Jacobs, prophet, teacher, and leader of the Empowered Church. I want to talk today about something. Um, in the book of the book of Daniel, uh, chapter number nine. I'll read from verse. Number two. And in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years wherewith the word of the Lord came to Je Jeremiah the prophet. I want to say something. And now, let me say something. In Daniel, chapter number, I'll, I'll read a portion of scripture. In Daniel, chapter number one, and verse number 17. It says this, and as for these for talking Shadrach, Mishnah, and Abednego, or, or, or that, that Nebuchadnezzar called, anyway, gave him bad names. But it says, so he was four children. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. God gave it to them, past tense. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Had past tense. So he possessed understanding in what? In all visions and dreams. Daniel chapter 9, verse number 2. And in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books. Right. The number of the years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the prophet. But he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So now Daniel understood by the books of the prophet Jeremiah. Yeah, so by what did he have? Understanding and visions and dreams. But how did he understand? He said, I understood by the books. Verse number three. And now because he understood by the books, 70 years must be fulfilled. He says, and now he continues. Says, and I and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. Right? And verse number 20 of chapter 9. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord, uh, my God, for the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I have seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly and swiftly touch me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give the skill and what? And the, the word became flesh and dwelt among men. How did Daniel understanding of visions and dreams work? He understood by the book of Jeremiah the prophet. And he responded to the book. And an angel stepped, Gabriel himself, 
came. Boom. He says, I've come to give you skill and understanding. If you don't love the book, you'll never get the manifestation of it. Right? That's how it worked. But I want to not talk about that. But I just want to say that the scripture testifies to the very thing I just said to you. So if the man was not a man, so you don't find him in the vision. So oh, let me see a vision. No, 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 no. You found Daniel of the books. Of the book of Jeremiah. Of the Bible. With a scroll of Jeremiah. What was he spending his time with? Reading the word of God. Just trying to see angels and visions. No. The word of God. And then he says, ah, sure. This is 70 years. Let me calculate. Sure. Wow. So 70 years is fulfilled. What must I do? If you pray for me, uh, Jeremiah 29, of all your heart. Uh, and he began to seek the Lord. By prayer, supplication, sacrifice, fasting, fasting. He turned up all his heart. For all his heart. He interpreted all his heart. As being prayer and supplication with fasting, with sackcloth and ashes. Daniel saw Jeremiah. said, how I want to search for you with all my heart. He said, then I'll be found of you, said the Lord. I know the plans I have for you. But when you search me with all your heart, I shall be found of you. Daniel says, ah, what does that mean? Prayer and fasting. And he began to pray and fast. For him, prayer and fasting means seeking God with all your heart. And he prayed, uh, not only for him, but on behalf of the people. And God says, and the, and the supernatural man, and, and, Lord, and the angel Gabriel said, I come to give you skill and understanding. You understand what I'm saying? What I want to talk about is fasting. Right? And so we are on our way on the 1st of March to the 22nd, uh, 21st of March, we're going to fast, from the 1st of March, we're fasting for 21 days, as we said at the beginning of the year. Right? So the Holy Ghost, at the beginning of the year, instead of talking other stuff, um, instead of saying, this is the month of that, this is the month of that, he said, I want to, this is the fast you're going to do this year. Right. So from the 1st of March to the 21st of March, we'll be fasting and praying. Now, I just want to deal briefly on fasting. What is fasting? How do you fast? Why do you fast? What can you expect in a fast? Especially one that is 21 days. And you understand? So I'm going to touch on certain things and I may touch on certain things that I'm not an expert in and, I, and I'm going to talk about the body and the doctor can correct me. The doctor believes I, I am... I am uh right. And so, so, so Daniel responded to the book. And the book says, search with all the heart. And Daniel decided, I'm going to fast. And the man began to fast and pray and repent and make supplication. And God saw the fast and he saw the prayer. And he says, this is, the man is holding back nothing. He's searching me with all his heart. And the Lord sent an angel, uh, any angel, the archangel Gabriel, 
giving the answer. And what skill and understanding. Which led to him again praying in chapter number 10. In verse number 1 of Daniel. It says, And in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called the Belshazzar. And, 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 the, and the thing was true, but the, time and the, and, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no, no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, till I did anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled right and then uh he had a vision on the 24th day of some some uh, and um, and verse number 12 chapter 10 says and, and and now the angel came uh, uh verse number 10 i'll read from from where the angel tells him why the angel came he says and, and behold and and hand touched me which set me upon my knees and upon the palm of my hands and he said unto me O daniel a man greatly beloved understand the words that i speak unto thee stand Right, for uh, for unto thee am I now sent. And uh, when uh, when he has spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. You see, even my trembling is in the Bible. Yes, all right. So, so, verse number twelve. And then and then and, and he said he un, unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand, to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I have come for thy words. So other words, uh, he said, I see you, you from the first day. So when he said, I, I, and I saw the Lord by, 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 by um, uh, let me give it a In those days, I then was mourning for four weeks. I ate no bread, never kept flesh uh, wine in my mouth. Never did I annoy myself until three weeks, three weeks was fulfilled. Uh, and you can, it's a similar thing to what I did in chapter nine, verse number three. And basically, I set my face. And you have the angel, the angel comes and heaven, do I interpret what, what they saw? Says from the first day they said you set your heart to understand. And to afflict yourself. Thy words were heard. You understand. Words were heard where? Up high. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. And verse number three. This is a rebuke, but it but it 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 it, it speaks. So Isaiah 58, verse 3 says, Wherefore have we fasted? So these are these people fasted and they were saying these things. Save they and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our, our soul and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the first of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So in other words, there was a fast so they fasted to make the voice to be heard on but it says the way you fast, uh, God rebuke them. It says you will not. That's not the fast that will make your voice to be heard on high. So what did Daniel do when he set his heart? He fasted and prayed. When he set his heart, he set his heart to understand. And his words were heard on. He said, wherefore have we afflicted ourselves? Who afflicted himself? And the angel says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to afflict yourself, your words were heard on high. So what did they say? Wherefore have we afflicted ourselves? How? Fasting. Fasting is an affliction of the soul by afflicting the body. 
fasting and self-affliction. And it positions the soul to receive from God and to offer the kinds of prayers that is heard in heaven. That solicits or provokes an immediate response from heaven. When Cornelius fasted, he says, he fasted at a certain hour. And God says, and that, 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 a memorial, and there was an angel there. And he says, that, that your prayers and your arms has come up as a memorial before God. But when, there was, when was the moment when he fasted? It suddenly God saw. God was reminded. God remembered. And he sent an angel. When the fast was of Daniel, he sent an angel. When Cornelius pastor was not even born again, he sent an angel. And all the prayers and the giving and all the other things that he's been doing, and his fearing of God was activated. How? By the fact that he fasted. Therefore, Cornelius could say, could say to Peter, he says, but I was fasting until this hour, and this thing happened to me. You understand? And so this is important. So, so fasting is self-affliction. It's the positioning of oneself. Let me, in Psalm 35, just turn to Psalm 35 quickly. And verse number 13. This guy talking about this. Uh, this guy, his friend that betrayed him. Yeah. But it says this in, in um, Psalm 35, verse 13. It says, As for me, I, when I were uh, sick, my, my, my clothing was sacred. I humbled my soul with fasting. Was I afflicted my soul with fasting. And my prayer returned into my own bosom. You know why? Because this guy was a wicked guy that I was praying for. But he was saying, Look here, I fasted for this, for, for this, for this guy, my friend, my brother. But it was unworthy of the fasting, but I did fast. But how do I humble myself? With fasting. You understand? All right. And so fasting is self-affliction. But there comes a point, like in Daniel's case, that it's a sitting of the face and a sitting of the heart. And so when he fasted, in the, he set his heart and he remained steady for 21 days. The same thing is said of David. Psalm 109, just turn to Psalm 109 quickly. Let me see. Psalm 109, verse number 24. A Psalm of David. Verse number 24 and 25. David says this. He says, my knees are weak through fasting. And my flesh... Faileth of fatness. So in other words, I have lost all my fat. And my knees are is weak for fasting. David fasted until his knees were weak and all his fat was gone. Verse number 25. And I became also a reproach unto them when they looked upon me. They shaked their heads. Because he looked like a bones. He looked like death. And they shook, because they looked, and the whole fat, the f all thing was gone. 
in like this. His bones were shaking. You see, he was like, all his clothes was hanging on top. His garment was hanging. He was like a skeleton. And they looked at him and they shook their heads. Who's this David? You understand? Right. Let me show you something. Verse number 16, 1 Samuel 16, verse number 12. Talking of David, right? I'll read verse. And he, said, and he sent and brought him in. Now, he, David, was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance. Goodly to look on. You understand? So when, you, when they brought in David, he was a beautiful guy. He, not handsome, beautiful face. He was a beautiful man. Remember, my friend? A beautiful man. David was a beautiful man. And he was right. He was, and he was good to look on. Even God said, it's good to look on David. He was so beautiful. So well built. When you look at him, he was good to look at him. Wow. It's good to look at him. Wow. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's nice. <laughs> Chicken licking, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Come back. So, 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 so David was such a guy. But look at what happened to him. He fasted. He was so good. That even when his wife, Michelle, the daughter of Saul, when he dances out of his clothes, he said, you know, you do it for the, for the young girls. Why? Because the guy was good to look. But, but here he says in Psalm 109, he falls to the point. When people didn't say good to look, and they shook his head. So he lost until all his good looks was gone. All his fat was gone. It was his skin and bones. He was too weak. Even too. His knees were weak. You understand the way David fasted? Mm. So it's self-affliction. Second Corinthians chapter number four. <sighs> I shouldn't teach you these things, but I will bring it into balance, hopefully. Karakatujiki paratiodus. Hey, Sudai. Paravantore pakiukumihanda. It says this. Ahadre martaram pandele kusha. Atelo uzapa. Kirataitu panembre vilko. Kano shahasas. Ha. Okay. It says in chapter four, second verse, chapter four, verse number one. Even as it says, "Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but 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 by manifestation of the truth, commended ourselves to every man conscience in the sight of God." Remember, I want you to see something here. See, there were there are things hidden. 
when he uses the word manifestation, then he uses the word sight of God, sight and by the sight of God. So what is he talking about when things that are hidden and things that can, things that can be seen and not seen? Manifestation is to make Jesus. So in other words, the gifts of the Spirit makes the Spirit visible. Manifestation of the Spirit is given to all men. Right, manifestation. What is Paul talking about? Manifestation. What is he talking about? Hidden things, things that can be seen and cannot be seen. Right? Ah, verse number three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them but Allah. And also verse, verse number two, I want to say that it is the manifestation of the truth. What is truth? The realities. Huh? Okay. But, but if a gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of his world, it's again about hiding, right? In, in, in whom the God of his world have blinded the minds of them believe not, lest, uh, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Again, what is the devil doing? He's blinding. Why? He's trying to hide something from the mind of somebody. But the light has shine in the heart. Right? <sighs> For who must be revealed in, in, in verse number four? The image of God. Who is the image of God? Who is the image? Which I would do. God must become visible. For the illumination of the God. God must become visible. God is hidden. He's the invisible God. But here he's trying to say that some people need to see God visible. The image of God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. You must see him face to face. Looking unto Jesus. You must see God. But somebody's trying to make keep God hidden from you. Called the God of his world. Yes. Verse number 5. For we preach that ourselves, but Christ Jesus, uh, uh, the Lord, on ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, uh, have shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the, of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Who's he talking about? The church know about them. He's saying now we, us, God has shined in our hearts. If our gospel be hidden, it is hidden unto them, but us. He's giving you now apostolic revelation. So God command has shined in our hearts. Right, so, but we have a treasure in earthen vessel that the excellence, the power may be of God and not of us. He says the power is in us. It's an earthen vessel. Who's he talking about? He's talking to the church so he's manifested the power, the, the greatest. The church of Corinth. So there is a treasure in an earthen vessel. What is an earthen vessel? An earthen vessel is a vessel of clay, of dust. Dust is not dust. We examine dust. You cannot see. So if you take a heap of dust, it's a, so if I want to, to, to if, if, if I'm, I'm, I'm down here laying flat and I can see that thing, if you come with a heap of sand and dust and, and, you, and you make a big heap, I can't see through it. It's hidden. Treasure shines, diamonds, gold, rubies, treasures. There's a treasures in darkness. Why? Because it, if it's not hidden in darkness, it will not be hidden because you could see it. 
So God hid the treasures in the earth. You understand? In darkness. For men to discover it, they dig for it. They unearth it. You understand? Right. And so what was he doing? He said, look here. When you look inside of me, Paul the Apostle, and the other brethren writing, helping me write this epistle, you will find on the inside of us there is a treasure. And that treasure has an excellence of power. But you cannot see it because it's hidden in an earthen dust vessel. It is hidden in the body. What is the man trying to do? He's trying to get you to see the treasure inside the body. But it's hidden in the body. But who hides the devil? What is he trying to say about God? God shines. God reveals. So he says this, but we have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Right? So I'm going to take the we out. So, 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 so that the excellence of the power may be of us, uh, of God and not of us, troubled on every side. Yet, not distressed, perplexed, but not in despair. Proving he's not talking about the covenant, he's talking about himself, about them. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be manifest in our body. So what do they carry about in their body? The dying. The dying of Jesus. How did Jesus die? By affliction. Beatings. Blood. Water coming out. Pain. Weakness. Humiliation. But they say, we always also carry about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life also of Jesus may be manifest in our body. What is the life? These words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are? The spirit. It says, for we, for we which love, it says, it says uh, are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in a mortal body. So now they've been given over to death. Why? That the life may also be made manifest. But for whose sake? For Jesus' sake. Why? Because number two. So he concludes then, makes an argument. At the end of it, he says, So when death works in us, why? But life in you. Paul said to them, my, my preaching, my speech, and my, my preaching will not persuade the words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. What was he talking about? He was saying, I am the life, the power, the glory, the, the manifestation, the, the working of the Holy Ghost, the, the power of God works inside of you, the church. But how can it work? Because death is working in us, and that life may work in you. He was giving them the mechanics. To make unseen realities make manifest. To tell them why the power is able to flow through them in the way that it does. Why the prophetic is prolific, deep. Why the presence is strong. Why they can stretch their hand. Why they can and power flows. What? must be at work in the vessel. 
And if we live, the death finds you. Because death must work in the vessel for life to flow through the vessel. Romans chapter 8, we are heirs of God to join in with Christ. And we partake of the glories of Christ if we partake of his sufferings. That is the, the, the conclusion of we are heirs of God. People say, I'm an heir of God to join in with Christ. Yes, read the verse. It says, if then, so then, you want to partake of the glories, partake of his sufferings. You only become a joy of Christ if you partake of his suffering. You don't inherit the blessing, brother and sister. You, be, you inherit the suffering as part of your inheritance. All right? All right? They go on to say this. Verse 13. But we have the same spirit of faith according to the written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Coming, we're talking about faith. Huh? Knowing that, that, that he which raised up Lord Jesus shall raise up, up, up us also by Jesus uh, and shall present uh, us with you. Number 15. For all things are for your sakes, who for the sake of the church, that the abundant grace might through the, through, through the thanksgiving of, of, of many be down to the glory of God. What grace? The manifestation of grace. To me is given the grace of the apostle. He, is in, he said to the Ephesian church, by the effectual working of his power, the grace that flows of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. But it abounds, it redounds back to God, to thanksgiving, to the glory of God. Thank you for healing. Thank you, thank you for that answer. Thank you, 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 thank you. But where did the grace flow through? Through Paul. Verse number 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inner man is renewed day by day. So while the outer man is busy dying, the inward man, the spirit man, is being renewed day by day. So you have this relationship. While the outer man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed. While the outer man is perishing, the inner man is experiencing a revival. While the outer man is the inner man is being strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost in the inner man. While the outer man is perishing, is busy dying, you can see he's dying, he's disappearing. You can feel the life go out. There's no Muslim, there is weakness in the flesh. They can look upon him, they are shaking their heads. They know this guy is busy dying. Right. It's number 17. This means glory. It's number seven. For a light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of Glory. Other words, it says this affliction is a light affliction, but is working for who? For us. What? A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The kabot of God. The weight of God. And the glory of the Lord fill the temple. And, and cause darkness cover the earth. But the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But what brings the glory? It is the affliction. Affliction works for you. A far exceeding weight of, of glory. An eternal weight of glory. And not, not that it lasts for eternal eternity. No, no, no. It's talking about the nature of the weight. It is eternal. Christ will be eternal spirit. The spirit of eternal God, in other words. 
Verse number 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, my affliction which I can see is temporary. In other words, this affliction too will pass. But the thing that I get that is worked by that affliction is eternal. It will not fail. What we say about fasting. So I'll light affliction. So the things that affliction work of glory for you. Therefore, you must go through trials and in tribulations. Because patience must have its perfect work. Therefore, you must find challenges. Why? Because as you are afflicted and you favorize, it is working for you glory. So affliction. So when they persecute. So in other words, when you see a man of God in the media attacked, he's being afflicted. Why? Because it, he needs to be promoted. He needs a heavier anointing, a heavier glory. But the only way he can get it is by a heavy affliction. But yet it is light. So God can only give you in this life a more increase in glory and anointing, but a more increase in of working if you have affliction. And so fasting is the clever man's guide to more glory. Self-affliction. Why must they take you, grab you, put you in prison, and whoop you for the gospel so you can increase in glory? Why not whoop yourself? I humble my soul with fasting. What did David do when Nathan said, and said, you are the man. And the child died. He knew God. He, wanted to, he went and sacked of the ashes and he laid there. And, he, and his servants was, was worried about him. Because he was wasting away. But what was he working? He, he self-afflicted himself for what? Because affliction is working for him a, what? a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He's like a baby that is busy dying. But while he's afflicting himself, he is, is, the, the affliction is working for him. Another baby. A baby that will grow up to be a man. A baby that will grow up to sit upon his throne. A ba- you understand. And God turned the thing. And, and when the baby died, he, he got up and said, I will see the baby there. But David understood. I have just worked. This affliction has worked for me. I have just worked. A Far, it worked for me. What was it working for me? And the far and more exceeding weight and eternal weight of glory. So now here comes Solomon. And God says, Near thy side, Solomon, thy son Solomon, from the same woman, Bathsheba, will sit upon the throne. And the glory of Solomon was like all good and all the other nations, and they will come to see the glory of the kingdom of Solomon. But what did David do? He afflicted himself and his self affliction. Worked for him. In order for me to flow in the power of God, in order for me to be here, I had to afflict myself. 
I must be afflicted. Because affliction works for me, for your sake. You can go and chill out for a week and not pray. But if I don't pray for a week, I can die. If I slow down, you know how health draws nigh. Strike the sh- strike the shepherd, scatter the sheep. S- kill. So if I slow down, I'm finished. Why? So I must live a life of affliction. So that the presence of God can keep on flowing. And the covenants where I can say, I stand and I decree and I declare, no things of touch on. No, why? Because of affliction. That's working a far exceeding. It opens the treasures in the open vessel. But to open it, it must be filtered, open to flow. Mm-hmm. Affliction and fasting. Is affliction. And it works a far more. For example, now say, say, let me use. There's a man of God in Nigeria, and he's been around for a long, long time. But his testimony is quite, is quite famous, it's out there. And he says, yeah, he used to fast, I think, for 20, 40 days, and then 20, without food and water on top of a mountain. And they recorded him, right, in his testimony. 24 days after, and like that. And one of his days, he fell into a trance of four consecutive days. And he saw the apostles, and he got the thing, the, the, the commission. When he came back from that thing, he, he was holding his, his cloths like, like this. His face was in like that. He would look like skin and bones. And he, and he went and he found a couple of children, and he started his church. Today, the man is, 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 is chubby. Chunky and even with a, with a with a nice what? fatherly <laughs> grace. But so, so, so now, but what did he think? His affliction was for a moment, but it was real. He could have died, but it worked for him a far more exceeding weight of glory. That today, that power still flows. And you can look at a lot of his men of God, the flow and the power of God, the stories are the same. They didn't have to keep on fasting like that. But the affliction, and what they do was self-affliction. The man of God in which I got saved was like that, fasted. A man will be skinny. And people will say, this youngster. And this man saying it's, it's a youngster, it's a youngster, but he's an adult man, say 40 years old. And he is looking at, at this man and he says, I've come to see this youngster. And, there, and yet that man is about 20 years at least older than him. But his self-affliction made him like a young man. So he's, he's, he's in and he's skinny. And he looks cool. He looks like a youngster, but he's, he's, he's 
20 plus years this man's senior. But when they look at the man, they think he's a youngster. No, he's a skinny from over fasting. Why? So that when he stands, you see him face, and he'll be trembling, his left leg will be trembling. And so, oh, I see the heaven open. Oh, 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 submit to my right, you're being healed. Lady, your name is Susanna. You have a blind, you blind a blind child. God says you've seen the thing. Hi, lady, you came here in, in, in the green foxy. Yes, and, and the one tire is like that. Yes, and the boomer says, come, young people, come. And the wall of angelic power hits all of you. And you'll rind up the blind eyes and the deaf ears and say, and you see the people, and, and they don't pray for mass prayers, no, no, no. They bring them out just as they are. They say, vow, blind, devil in the left eye. Whoop, oh, there he goes. Whoop, oh, they take their bags, they move with the hand, like the, you, you. Deaf devil, oh, let the the eardrum, yes, and they can hear. A skinny youngster was not a youngster. Affliction. This is meat. I am giving you. I am worried. I'm asking for help. A command to say to me, stop. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. <sighs> there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I just want, just, uh, get, just get up, my brother. I want you to slowly w walk towards the fan. Okay. Right. My brother, just come here. And I want you to walk slowly towards that microphone. One, two, three, go. Slow, slow. I must not choose who I'm going to walk after. Okay? I walk after whom I'm walking now. After Cohen. Now, I could have walked after Craig. You understand? Why am I going after, after Cohen? Because I want to be where Cohen is. So I wanna, where's Cohen going? I'm going with Cohen. So I'm walking after Cohen. But I could have walked after Craig. Thank you, guys. So he says this. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. They are presently in Christ Jesus. Right? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So where are you? Who are you walking after? Why? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin. So there is a law of the spirit. And this law of the spirit is of life in Christ Jesus. This is the life in Christ Jesus. It is the law, is the spirit life. 
but it's a spiritual law of life in Christ Jesus. He's teaching here, revealing a spiritual law, a spiritual law of life in Christ Jesus. How is life lived in Christ Jesus? Because he says, you are now in Christ. But I'm going to teach you the law, the working, like gravity, how it works. How to walk in the spiritual realm in Christ Jesus. Right. It says, make me free from the law of sin and death. Where is that on the earth? And the flesh. Be made free, free from it. It's not your jailer, it's not your captive, it can captor, it cannot take you, it cannot police you, you're free from it, right? And he goes on to say, For what the law could not do, but it was weak through the flesh. For what? Through the flesh. What's the problem? The flesh. God setting his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, for sin condemns sin in the flesh. Ah, why? That the righteousness of requirements of the law might be fulfilled in, in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Why? He was going to give us an example. Right. He is came in the flesh to show us how to walk in the flesh. And he walked in the flesh how to fulfill the righteousness requirements of the law. By walking while he in the flesh, walking. So why? So that now that same thing might be fulfilled in us. Walk not after the flesh. We follow not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Right. Verse number five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the, the things of the spirit. So now he's teaching the mechanics. This is life in the Holy Ghost. How it actually practically works. So he says, one of the characteristics. If you favor walk out of it, his mind must be the things of the spirit. So if your mind is full of the things of the spirit, you are walking after the spirit. If your mind is full of the things of flesh, you are walking after the flesh is a thing of the mind, right? Verse number six. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded that can be. The carnally mind, the carnal speaks about the senses. To your mind be, be moved, imitated, energized by the senses. You, when you, when you, when he's deaf, who comes to kill the bomb to destroy? Hmm. Who comes to afflict you, attack and destroy? But it says to be carnal man, it is death. I was, it is death. You want to know who death is? Death is the carnal man. You want to look at death? You know, where, where's death? Have you seen death? Only minded is death. Move by the senses is death. So when I look at a brother and he smiles at me, if I say, Ah, you're agreeing with me, I'm carnal minded. Because what am I doing? I'm creating a conclusion by what I see. 
I'm making opinions and judgments by what I see, what I hear, what I feel. I am calling minded. Is deaf. Otherwise, deaf can get me any time now. I won't see deaf coming. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The things of the spirit, they are spiritually discerned. Walk in the spirit, you do this. What is faith? The eyes of the spirit. So when I say I see by faith, I say in the realm of the spirit, I see. An angel, he moves around the thing. What is faith? The eyes of faith. Because it is the evidence of things not. The things hopeful, things in the future. I see. Starting at Kenya, where's the future? I'm seeing the substance of the future, like it's happening now. I see an angel, you can't see him, but my eyes see him. It's called the eyes of faith. Faith is hearing and seeing and responding to the realm of the spirit. And so to be spiritually minded is to walk in the faith. So when I look at this guy's veins, of course, how can I ever doubt? But if I stare at the veins, another pair of veins, and I look at the veins, and you see like that, and you say, what is he looking at? He says, he's staring at his shoes. You corner. You are deaf. So I stand here, I think I did it at some other meeting, I think New Year's, and I was standing there, and I said, I'm seeing it. Huh? I'm looking at it, I said, there the guy stands, here he's standing. He's nobody here. You only see the floor. To everybody else, I'm seeing the floor. To me, I'm, in the, I'm standing in heaven. See, I see an angel, and I'm looking down, and the angel is standing there, and he's writing this thing, and he's moving to me, moving to me, moving to me, moving to me. And the only thing is, 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 is water bottles and sandals and, and tiles and bags. If you, f- if you see that, you carnal. Because you drew a conclusion, what I looked at, but what you saw, you're in death. Noah. Moses, seeing him, who is in, listen, he saw him, he endured seeing him who is in, Seeing whom he is in, and there's not a man whom knew the Lord face to face. But who did he see? The one that is in. 
who saw the glory of God. Moses, who, who did he look at? Give me a second. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Right. So to be spiritually man is life and peace. It is life and it is peace. You want peace? It is that. You want the life, the Zoe of God? It is the spiritual mind. Right. Right. Let me go on. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is a did not subject to the law of God, neither can, uh, neither they can be. So I will, it's not under the laws of God. Subject. What's the laws of God? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The laws of the realm of heaven. It's outside of that. It's actually against it. It resists it. It's trying to break it. Violated. <sighs> right. Verse number eight. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's impossible. You walk in the senses of this body. You cannot, will not, may not. You cannot. It's impossible to you to please God. You are not in the flesh. He's talking about location. But in the spirit. Why? If so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. You're not in the flesh. What's that? Understand. You're not in the body. You are in the spirit. Baptized into one spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. You're not in the body, no. You are in the Holy Ghost. If it be, he dwelleth in you. They in me and I in them. Mm. Now if any man had not the spirit of Christ, Verse number nine. He is not on none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of Christ. Oh, the body is moving to death. Oh, the body is deadened because of sin. But the spirit is quickened because of life. Or it quickens because of righteousness. The right, you know what? We talked about righteousness, there. Huh? Yeah? Last week or the week before? Casupa and Tramaco, Hujayas. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and even raised up Christ from, from the dead, shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I, I want this is deep manifestation and realms of God. I'm not gonna go into that scripture now. One day, by the grace of the Almighty God. Verse number 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Yeah. So we are not we're not in any obligation to the flesh to follow the flesh. To follow the senses. Right? Verse number 13. For if we live out of the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. You must mortify it. You must kill it.
Why? Why? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Other words, what is he talking about? Life and death, flesh and spirit, who are you walking after? And he says that what you must do to the flesh, to the deeds of the flesh, is mortify. You must kill it. Why? For if you are led of the spirit, you, was, you cannot be led of the spirit unless you mortify the deeds of the body. Because you are in the spirit. But the deeds of the body is still there, the sense, the things that the body does. Persuades you, you must mortify it. You must kill it. Because if you kill it, because very little labor of the spirit. So I was not talking about, we have a sense of labor of the spirit of God. Like, no, no, we're talking about dying, killing my brother, my sister. The deeds of the body. So that you can be led. Because if you are led, you are a son. The sons are led. Verse number 15. For we have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear. Don't fear death. What did he hold you to? The spirit of death. Hebrews chapter number 2. Verse 4, verse four he, he destroyed him, the devil, with the power, with the fear of death, held us bondage. What fear? The fear of death. What does man fear death? What infirmity fear death? Where was Paul in prison? What was going to happen to Paul? They're going to execute him. What did they do? The chopper said. Verse number 15. But ye have received the spirit of adoption. We have become our father. My father, my father. The spirit himself is with us with our spirit, we are the children of God. And if children, the heirs of God, and joint heirs of Christ. If so be that we suffer with, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed who? In us. Such a light affliction. Worker for us. Glory. Where is glory? In us. What must we do? It must be revealed in us. Why? Verse number 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiter for the manifestation of the sons of God. He says the manifest second uh, Corinthians chapter four, the manifestation of the word of the truth. What truth? Beloved, now are ye the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subje was subjected the same in hope. Uh, because the creature itself also uh, shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Well, not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption uh, toward to the redemption of our body. And now it goes into prayer. And, and, uh, and groaning and stuff like that. And I say this, I think it is in my brother's book that he, that he wrote. But 
groaning. There are two ways to groan. You can pray in prayer until groaning take over. And you groan. Jesus groaned within himself. And the spirit of said, with groanings that cannot be uttered. And every time it has to do with life. Bringing life. Manifesting life. Being clothed with something that is eternal. Now, and what else groans? The stomach. When you don't eat, it's a groaning. And there's nothing as you begging for because Clothe with another body is when you fast. Okay, so fasting is self affliction. I've gone, I've this is the move, this is how the realm of the spirit works. I tell you something that I probably shouldn't tell you, but 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 I, mean, I was I was I was saying to you uh, yesterday that I was talking about Miles Monroe, and I said to him, you know, Miles Monroe used to fast for forty days on water only, but you'll be running for overtime overtime twenty kilometers a day, running on water only, running like a half a marathon a day. I said, do you think that wisdom came from nowhere? You're crazy. That man released the treasure on the inside of him. It was supernatural. So in the Bahamas, his church, they fasted for 21 days every single year. That man was a, a radical fasting guy. Why? Because he understood where the wisdom comes from. In me, there is a treasure, an unction, an anointing, a gifting, as in you, inside of you. But it's hidden in an earthen vessel. But the alabaster box must be broken. In, in the affliction of the flesh, it is opened up. And, it, and the life begins to manifest. Because now mentioned by bread alone, but every word that proves. And so when we fast and pray, it is this thing that we must understand. That is the, f we fast, and when we fast, we shift our spiritual makeup and the way the mechanics work. And in that thing, our heart that, that carries the residue of faith is finally free because the flesh is too weak and now the spirit man for prayer arises. 
And now when you read the Bible, now the illumination is, is, is now the vessel because it's afflicted. It, it, it puts the working of, of, the, of the thing in motion and the glory of God starts to manifest. And what's beginning to happen, revelation comes. It doesn't change God. God is unchangeable. But it positions you to what is yours already in Christ. The treasure in an earthen vessel. And your heart gets to a posture, a setting where God is able to speak unto thee. You understand. Jesus also said in the three things, the threefold call that he said, do in secret, and God will reward you in the open by Father. One of them is fasting. Why? Sacrifice. Fasting changes you and I. What does it do? It, it, the order of our life changes. I like what Dr. Franklin Hall said back in those days in his books in, that says, you know, so there is, there is, there is this four appetites that there is. There's a spiritual hunger, there's hunger and there's, there is a uh, uh, need for stuff called the greed or covetousness, desires for, for things of this world. And the other one is sex. And it says, in the non-fasting carnal person, you will have it in this way. You will have hunger, number one, as appetite. Sex as number two. And behind that greed... So that's why it doesn't mean between the, uh, the poor and, um, and the rich. Where your white, black, yellow, brown, orange, sex, a spirit of lust is there. Our money. And before that, eating. And then lastly, that thing. But there's inside of man also spiritual hunger. That's the void that is in the heart of man. But the person that do not seek the Lord, that spiritual hunger will remain small like that. And the other three will drive, especially the eating part. But during a fast, especially an extended fast, there's a shift that happens. Things begin to, all the other things shrink. And the spiritual pipe becomes big. So you lose biologically. The hunger goes away after the fourth day. Four days of no eating. And your desire for food disappears. Married people will understand. 
the desire for the spouse disappears after the, after the third or fourth day. No more need for those stuff. Can't understand it. At the same time, all desire for the things of the world, anything you desire, any kind of anything, anything, you lose appetite for it. And spiritually, <gasps> by the time you finish a week, two weeks, you, you don't even start, you can't even sleep anymore. Sleep is no longer necessary. Because you know you, oh, what, what, you, what you need in this. You need the most important thing that you need in this life. What is it? What? No air. You have all. <laughs> if you take away your air, you have <laughs> you know, no need for food or sleep. You'll sleep you're sleeping permanently. All right. So air. All right. And then water. Thank you, Doctor Samantha. Water. And then, sleep. You can go without food, but go out sleep, and they'll bury you. And then the last thing is food. Okay? And so fasting don't help you with the air part. You know, you still need to have you understand? Thank God. Ah, you must keep on breathing. Just breathe. But the thing that you need after your air is God. Because life is spiritual. And so you must learn to fold away the senses. And so we're going to start fasting and praying over those 21 days. And, and what is it? The Lord said to me, I want my people to, those 21 days, to come walk with me on higher planes. Protracted seasons of fasting. I think David Prince said it, which I agree with him. If you fast for seven days or more without food, it will change your life. Will shift your life significantly. And so, a, a time period for the next 21 days, it will, it's the opportunity to shift entirely in your life. Totally. And so it is, it is that thing that is important. A dimensional shift. There is a place in the realm of the spirit in heaven. And Jesus said, I want my people to come walk with me on a higher plane. I want to take them higher. And during the next 21 days, there will be grace in the atmosphere of his ministry to walk with Jesus on higher plans.
there should be a dimensional shift in your life. Increase spiritual activity. That being said, so this is here to walk of Jesus. This is the empowered fast. Energize, power emotion. Moving with the Lord on the plans. There are these plans in the realm of the Spirit. We'll be out of time. I want to say to you this. This is about being led of the Spirit of God. So this isn't say, hey, you all fast for 21 days. No. You must be led of the Holy Ghost. Consult your doctor. You understand? All these other things. Make sure wherever you feel led. You understand? So there are many options and think water, water only, juice, water and juice, water, juice and soups, uh, water, uh, liquids, um, uh, liquids with uh, um, salads, and that type of thing. How the Lord leads me. We'll send out the email somewhere. But as the Lord lead you, you don't have to, you know, and whatever you choose, you choose. You understand? But be in an attitude. And at least try to do two or three days of during the time to fast and pray. But the window is 21 days. And, and, and so we will be doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we'll be abstaining from certain... Like we discussed. Okay. And um, starting on the 1st of March. But we're out of time. I'll talk about it on Wednesday again. And so it is, it is, it is. But today I just wanted, I, I, I shared that really too much. The thing that you must also understand, there mustn't be extremes. And I'm going to say it, you can, so you can kill yourself, right? You can put yourself in the body bag. And we will bury you young. And so we're not talking about being stupid. Huh? And so, 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 um, there are people that have gone crazy during fast. Because devils appeared to them and they got nuts and they did stupid stuff. The number of cases like that. Because they were not word people, they were other kinds of people. And then and then the people that, that ate steaks, because your body become like a baby, and they ate steaks and the steak killed them. Because the body didn't know what to do with it and so gone. Buried. So all this, this is some, there's a lot of extremes. Thank you for listening to this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to change the way you see and know Jesus, leaving your life empowered, envisioned and enriched. For more messages by Prophet Ryan Jacobs or for more information about the Empowered Church, go to www.empoweredchurch.com or view our YouTube channel, Empowered Church TV. Feel free to come join our life-changing services.